Anyhow, good morning everyone. So lovely to see most of you in person today. It's been a long lockdown, hasn't it? But we are so blessed to be able to meet together in person. It's much nicer to be preaching to my sisters in the church than online, but for those of you that can't make it physically today, thank you for joining us to hear what God has to say in regards to being blessed to serve. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of being here today and we pray that my words will be your words and we will be able to put into action what we learn today. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Service or to serve, what does it actually mean? It's the action of helping or doing work for someone. From an early age, most of us are taught to serve. It usually starts off in our homes and is modelled by those who we live with or spend time with. For me, in my formative years, wow, that makes me feel old and sound old, doesn't it? My mother and father were my primary role models for service. They served one another in their relationship as husband and wife. They served their children and they served those that they loved and cared for. They were loving and caring role models to their own parents and served their friends and neighbours in a loving way also. They served in their workplaces and their communities. They were both involved in fundraising for various associations and causes over the years. My sister and I were taught from a young age, it's just not about us, and resulted in us in both being very community-minded. But not everybody has been blessed to grow up in a loving home where there was love, care and service towards one another. So what then? How do we learn how to serve? We learn it from those around us in society, our Sunday school teachers if we attended church, our teachers, our mentors, our friends, or anybody else that's significant in our lives, our workplaces, or our church family. Books, movies, or even social media. Yes, even social media. We are all familiar with our former Premier Gladys. You all know who she is. Up until recently, she met with us in our homes almost daily in her long-term service to her community through multiple consecutive crises of bushfires, floods and COVID. I saw more of Gladys than I did of my own family and friends, and I hung off her word every day. And though I'm not politically minded, sorry Margaret, I'm not, I'm ashamed to say I felt she won the heart of the Australian people. Well, she won mine anyhow. I actually cried when she stepped down from her role of Premier and grieved the loss of her from my daily life. Kerry Chant, our Chief Health Officer, and Shane Fitzsimmons, former Commissioner of the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, also showed great service to our community. They relentlessly got up most days and kept us informed about what was happening in our communities. They put in long hours and I'm certain many sleepless nights as they rallied to keep our communities informed, encouraged and connected. I felt their service went beyond what was expected. They did not put themselves first and they are to be commended of how they looked after and served our community. Our very own Debbie Galea, our former fearless leader, was a great role model and set up Women's Church with the vision of gathering women in faith, value and purpose. I loved the way she encouraged us to serve, giving us small responsibilities that grew us in confidence to step up and take on more service and responsibility, equipping us with the word of God and good role modelling. She really had a gift for caring for us women, women and has successfully passed the baton on to Karina and the team. 
We have so much to be thankful for, for the legacy she's left behind. Thank you, Debbie. For us as Christians, though, our greatest model, of course, is of service is Jesus. He served the least of us. He washed his disciples' feet. He showed great humility in all that he did, and he was compassionate to all, and he served his Father in the greatest of ways. He obeyed the will of his Father. He gave up his life for us, died on a painful cross for us, so that we could be forgiven and not eternally separated from God the Father. Jesus served us. He believed we were worth everything, even his life. But we do have to remember, as we learnt earlier in Ephesians, we don't get to heaven by our works or service. It is by grace we have been saved, through faith, and this is not from ourselves, it is a gift of God. God doesn't want us to boast about our works, but because we are God's handiwork, we are called to do good works once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Serving God is a demonstration of our love for him through loving service to others. Martin Luther King Jr. extracts from his famous sermon, The Drum Major Instinct, He who is the greatest among you shall be a servant. Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. You only need a heart full of grace. Soul generated by love, you can be that servant. Quite an inspiring speech. Look it up on YouTube because of copyright and filming live stream. I couldn't air it at Women's Church today, but it's quite powerful. Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 16, as read this morning by Marilyn, opens with Paul's imprisonment. He even serves God in the worst of places. Are you in a bad place at the moment? I bet you think that God can't use you in that place. I have witnessed personally some of my loved ones serve Jesus best in that time of crisis or trouble. It's at these times we really have to depend on Jesus because we can't do it alone. And it's at these times Jesus' power and light can really shine to others. Paul encourages us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. You may be sitting in your pew or lounge room wondering what this calling is. In the scripture Job 10 verse 8 NIV Bible, it is written, Your hands shaped me and made me. The Bible says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. All those experiences, good and bad in life, have prepared you, yes you, for a unique ministry as it did with Paul. You are no exception. God doesn't waste any of those experiences. They are designed to make you more empathetic, more compassionate towards others and more understanding. They have given you tools to help others. Only some of those, only someone that has experienced similar joys or losses or griefs can really understand them. God gave me a heart for the lonely, the separated and divorced, the single parent and the elderly. If I hadn't experienced tragedy and losses in my life, I would not have been able to come alongside of the people I have in the last 20 years. That's been a true blessing for me. God has given me a a purpose and that purpose may change as I experience more of life the good, the bad and the ugly. Rick Warren, in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, states God never wastes anything. He would not give you abilities, interests, talents, gifts, personality and life experiences unless he intended to use them for his glory. Rick talks about your shape, an acrostic that shapes you for your ministry. This includes your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, 
and what we talked about earlier, your experience. When you were at rock bottom in life, I found it good to know there was purpose in my pain. It actually helped me to accept it. Clinging to scriptures like, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, were very encouraging to me. Meeting others that had experienced similar crises to me certainly helped me not feel alone. So, do you know what your calling is? If you don't know, it's time to pray to God to help you identify it, so you too can use it to serve him better. If you still aren't sure, God gave you a Christian sister or two. They may, have, they may help you to first of all identify your gifts and abilities and perhaps go from there. Sometimes people on the outside looking in have a better perspective and can appraise you of your gifts. Sometimes things you are passionate about can be your gifts. Do you love hospitality, cooking, doing social visits, cleaning? You can come to my home if you want to feel really appreciated. Are you good at telling others about Jesus? Are you a good listener and have a calming presence for someone that's distressed? Are you good at gardening or renovating, bookkeeping or office work? Are you a nurturer? Are you a teacher? Are you a prayer warrior, caregiver? Are you a good all-rounder? Are you gifted with song or music or a musician? Are you good at discipling? Are you good at pastoral care? Do you have skills from a trade that you can serve your church and your church family? Can you iron? I have someone that has shared that gift with me and I'm just so thankful. She said to me one day at Women's Church, I want to help you do what you do. How amazing is that? I love my church family. I really felt part of the body of Christ and quite emotional with that service from that dear woman. Take some time of reflection and counsel to determine your gifts. There are many more than I have listed. Be still and let God direct you. Your, pass Oops, sorry. your personality shapes you towards certain types of service also. People that are outgoing are sometimes more suited to certain forms of service than those that are more introverted and perhaps liking, like being more of a behind-the-scenes girl. Take into account your nature. Rick Warren states, like stained glass, just look at how beautiful our windows are behind us, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colours and patterns. This blesses the family of God with depth and variety. He states it also blesses us personally. It feels good to do what God made you to do. When you minister in a manner consistent with your personality God gave you, you experience fulfilment, satisfaction and fullness. We all want that, don't we? I love the verse from Ephesians 3. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Love for Jesus makes me want to serve in any way I can. Paul instructs us to be completely humble and gentle. Andrew Murray in his book Humility writes, the highest glory of man is being only a vessel to receive and enjoy and show forth the glory of God. I like that image, it resonates with me. Paul instructs us to be patient, a lifelong training for most of us, I'm sure. 
bearing with one another in love. Bearing, hmm, that word suggests compassion, compassion, grace and mercy to me as we know love doesn't always come naturally or easy to us all, all the time. Especially when we are silently grimacing under our masks. I don't know what we're going to do when those masks go. We've probably picked up a few poor habits. Paul emphasises that we need to endeavour in every way to keep the peace and therefore maintain the unity of the spirit. That's a very important instruction because division and conflict can really um, bring down a church as a relationship breakdown if peace and respect for one another are not maintained. We are all part of the one body. Yes, all of us. The one faith, the one baptism, the one God and Father of all. We don't want to lose a limb, do we? Do we? No. In verse 11, Paul tells us that Christ equips us for a role and works of service so that the body of Christ may fully function. Like my ironing lady, taking away a task from my workload to give me more time for the things I do. I suppose Paul lists the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers as the possible leaders to help build up the body of Christ. But every part of that body is equally important. And Paul talks about us all reaching unity in faith and gaining knowledge and maturity in Christ as we learn from each other. Each role within the church is significant. The person cleaning the toilets is just as important as the person who is on show up the front teaching. I remember in my early days of marriage separation, I ended up at Teen Ranch. I had a connection through the director and his family there. They were lifelong holiday friends. I was so desperate to be part of a Christian community, I gave up public hospital penalty rates at my place of employment. That was a lot of money for a public holiday Monday to clean the toilets at Teen Ranch in a voluntary capacity. It gave me joy and I felt blessed to have a sense of belonging somewhere where my life had fallen apart. It didn't matter that it could be considered a menial task, it still had to be done and I blessed others and myself by doing it. We need to grow in the word of God so that we will no longer be tossed back and forth by those waves and influenced by every wind of teaching. So we can determine what is truth and what is not, so we can keep on course without the evil one distracting us and pulling us away from God. Satan will put cunning and crafty people in our way that will try and get us off course, and it'll be subtle. We need to read and hear the word of God, keep company with like-minded people, people that love Jesus, like we do. Attend church and Bible study. Be accountable to one another and serve one another with love. Love is a verb a doing word, an action. And our greatest biblical command is to love one another. We need to become the mature body of which he is the head, Christ Jesus. From him, Jesus, the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When you are injured, ligament damage, I believe, can heat your healing, slow up your recovery, Ligaments often connect two bones together, particularly in the joints. This strengthens the body. Like strong, firmly attached ropes or straps, they stabilise the joint or hold the two bones together. Regardless of whether they connect bones or organs to each other, they help maintain stability in the body. Ligaments are important. What part of the body do you see yourself as? Has your part changed as your seasons in life change? I've witnessed change in the work of the body over the last 20 years. 
those that were physically active even five to ten years ago now, serving us younger ones cups of tea and coffee, cleaning the church, some on bended knee, polishing the brass on those steps leading to the pulpit here, when they could barely walk. It's our turn to step up and take over the baton of service. They were aged and frail and limited by physical disability. It's just our time now. But for those that can't get down on their knees to pray anymore or polish those steps, this could be your time of mentoring a younger woman or being a prayer warrior for a young man, mum, sorry, or woman that feels life is too busy to pray and she's way too tired. Your encouragement is needed with our young ones. They need to know from your life stories that they will get through with Jesus at the helm, that even though life is challenging, there is hope of something better. I have a bit of a bugbear. Have you younger ones heard that phrase? Has anybody heard that phrase? Yeah, a few, a few. Okay, I actually had to Google it because I wasn't sure if I remembered it right. Showing my age again. A bug bears an irritation by definition, and we can all at some time be responsible for these words or actions. People often, quite often, criticise their churches for not getting support or for not serving them. But if we are all part of the body, we have to all give support in whatever capacity we are able to do. It's like when I used to watch my kids play sport. People would sometimes sit on the sideline, the parents, and bag the coach out but they weren't willing to help. Coaching took a lot of voluntary effort, time and commitment. No way was I going to judge someone willing to give up their free time to invest in my child, especially when it wasn't my gift or interest. If one person from your church is supporting you, you are getting support from the body of Christ. You really are. We are all representative of Christ in our actions. Sometimes, and it's hard to know, we need to humble ourselves and ask for help when we need it. Our pastoral care workers are not mind readers. If we are isolated from church too for some reason, and COVID's been a great example of that, you need to contact the church so your needs can be addressed. After all, we are a huge congregation of like 400 or more, and people unfortunately can fall through the cracks unintentionally. And I focus on that word unintentionally. I did a Bible study once, a DVD series called Love Your Church. The main thing I took away from that study was something like, look after your pew. You know, we all sit in the same place a lot of the time when we come to church, so not too hard. Be aware of who regularly sits near you at church and when they are missing. Either follow it up yourself or direct your observation to one of our lovely pastoral care workers. Bible study or life groups help in the caring for one another. It's much more obvious to follow up if somebody's not in your group, if they've fallen away for whatever reason. I'm a great believer in Bible study groups for keeping people connected as well as growing in Christ. So if you're feeling a little bit disconnected and you aren't in a group, please, please consider that joining a group in the future. We need to steer clear of criticism. The people that love and care for you sometimes have stuff going on in their own lives. Ask them, how are they going? It's not just about you. Most of us are in a position where we can serve our church family by contacting someone in some way. A phone call, text, email, Facebook chat to connect. And if you realise that person needs some extra loving, reach out or direct to someone else that can, you feel confident will follow them up. Sorry, got a bit of a twist in my notes. We need to take our responsibility serious. 
in serving our church and there is much blessing when we serve with a grateful heart and a heart full of grace. Jesus has done so much for us. Let us keep our eyes focused on him. I'm going to leave you with some words from Martin Luther King Jr. again. I'm not sure if it's actually a song, but I'm not going to sing it. I'll give you that blessing. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody who's travelling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can bring salvation to the, a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the Master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or left side. Yes, not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or left side, not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition, but I just want to be there in love and in justice and in truth and commitment to others so we can make of this old world a new world. What a great message. Let us pray. Father God, help us to love and serve you more with a grateful heart. Thank you for the blessing we receive when we serve others. Thank you for your son Jesus and his great love and service to us, for his death on the cross, the forgiveness of sins and his unconditional love. Please help to convict us of our gifts and to use them for your glory and not leave them buried in the sand. Let us focus on the hope of eternity and the reward of being with you in heaven one day. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen.